The Smart Start Money Podcast. If the subject is about money and life or questioning the so-called experts on the subject, we open the conversations. Welcome to the Smart Start Money Podcast. My name is Eric Flynn. Mutual funds can be a great choice for investing. They offer a number of advantages over other types of investments and are a popular choice for retirement planning. When it comes to choosing the right mutual funds, it can be difficult navigating all the choices available. There are thousands of mutual funds to pick from and company retirement plans likely only have a limited amount of these available for selection. How do you choose the right mix of mutual funds when you invest? Today, I'm gonna give you 10 considerations for choosing a mutual fund. Before I get started on today's podcast episode, if you like the podcast, please subscribe. You can also visit the smartstartmoney.com website for more helpful articles and resources on life and money. Today, I wanted to talk about some good guidelines to follow when choosing mutual funds. And there are a few options when it comes to picking mutual funds. You can either hire a professional advisor to hopefully make the selections that are right for you, or you can make selections on your own. There's really no right or wrong choice to this. It ultimately will depend on what you are most comfortable with. If choosing your own mutual funds seems intimidating, it really doesn't have to be. Following some simple guidelines and taking the time to learn about investing in mutual funds is all you really need to take on the task. Today, I wanted to provide 10 considerations for choosing mutual funds. What are some good guidelines to follow? And I'm going to start with the first item I have on the list here is you need to ask yourself, what are your goals and what is the intended purpose to invest in mutual funds? Investing of any kind should always start with a plan in mind. There will always be ups and downs in the market, and sometimes there could even be long periods of these. Hopefully, there's longer periods of ups in many instances than there are downs. It is important to know how the investment will be used. Planning for retirement that might be 20 years in the future is much different than investing for a child's education that might be five years in the future. Typically, investing in mutual funds should not be a short-term investment. If the money intended to be used for investing in mutual funds needs to be in cash for emergencies or used at some point in time, then you need to leave it in cash with mutual fund expenses, possible sales charges, and market swings. It doesn't make sense to invest in mutual funds most of the time for the short term. Another consideration for choosing mutual funds is risk tolerance. How are you going to be able to tolerate swings in the market and prices of your mutual fund going up and down? Risk tolerance is an important thing to know to consider when investing. If you're someone that is not comfortable with showing a loss on any investments for for any period of time, you will want to invest in something conservative. Someone that has a long time and horizon to invest might be more comfortable with a more aggressive mutual fund. You should always keep an eye on your investments. However, if you are 
someone that would be watching them each day and worried about the ups and downs, risk tolerance is a big deciding factor on what type of mutual funds you choose. The third consideration for choosing mutual funds is no load mutual funds. There are different types of charges when you buy mutual funds as an investment. A loaded one has a sales charge, while no load mutual funds do not have a sales charge. This does not mean there won't be any further fees once you buy a mutual fund, but there is no upfront sales cost to purchase one. Personally, I am a big proponent of no load mutual funds because this allows the money you invest to work faster. With a mutual fund that has a sales load charge, it could be something, for example, like 5% upfront. So someone that invests $10,000 would then only have $9,500 invested with a 5% sales charge. The issue with sales charges is they can be excessive. If you go the route of getting professional financial advice, an advisor is, they're going to want to charge something for their time. And this will either be in the form of a sales charge or as a percentage of overall assets that they manage. The advisor you work with may not get the entire sales load charged with part of it going down the the chain to the brokerage firm, yet they will get paid a healthy fee for selling certain funds. There are some people that would argue sales loads are not all that bad, and this is really a personal opinion, but I I personally believe for just picking mutual funds for yourself, then no-load funds are the route to go. Number four for a consideration for choosing mutual funds is invest in an index fund. Index mutual funds, they can be a great choice for investing when the investment has 10 or more years to grow. Index funds invest in a index, such as the S&P 500 or the Dow Jones. And it's estimated that over 80% of fund managers fail to, mutual fund managers themselves, fail to beat the market within a 15-year period. Now, if most of the fund managers are not beating the market anyway, why not just purchase an index mutual fund? They have the advantage of lower turnover rates compared to other mutual funds, and as a result, they will often have low expense ratios. By lowering the expenses, there's more money in a fund for it to to grow. Investing in an index mutual fund, it may not be something that's exciting, but it does have a number of advantages compared to purchasing other types of mutual funds. The fifth item on the list of considerations when choosing a mutual fund is do not buy mutual funds with high turnover. High turnover mutual funds, they're ones that buy and sell within that fund a large percentage of the portfolio each year. When there is more turnover in trading within a mutual fund, the fees and expenses, they really can start to add up. Taxes in a high turnover mutual fund can also hinder the return rates unless the money is only invested in a tax-free retirement account. Number six on the list for mutual fund considerations is don't purchase high expense ratio mutual funds. Now, mutual funds and honestly, just about any type of financial investment, they could be compared to a pyramid scheme. And I know some people aren't going to like to hear that. But everyone wants to get their hands in the cookie jar 
for a small cut of the money invested. And there's nothing wrong with this, but some funds do have excessive expenses and it is important not to purchase one that will take away from its returns. The high fees in a mutual fund can hold the growth back and this is something that you don't want. Low expenses in a mutual fund might be something like 0.75% or lower. Index funds that have a low turnover should have a low expense ratio, such as at 0.75, because they are, they're passively managed. High turnover mutual funds that are actively managed, meaning they're trading in them more, could have expenses as high as 1.5%. If you decide to purchase a mutual fund with a high expense, you had better be checking that it's beating the index that it could be compared to, and then some more to make up for the expense you would be paying. One thing to keep in mind is that a low fee does not necessarily equate to a good mutual fund. I am sure there are some with higher fees that probably could be could be good. However, don't purchase a mutual fund just because it has a low expense ratio. The expense should just be one component to consider when purchasing a mutual fund. Number seven on the list for mutual fund considerations is the dollar cost average. Because there are market ups and downs, dollar cost averaging in a mutual fund can reduce investment risk over a long period of time by lowering the overall price paid. The Just to explain what dollar cost averaging is, the idea with dollar cost averaging is mutual fund units are purchased at varying prices as the market moves up and down. The average price for the number of units purchased will be lower than the highest price paid. Dollar cost averaging is great for investors that want to invest in a mutual fund at intervals. So investing 50 or $100 a month will purchase more or fewer units of a mutual fund depending on the time period of the purchase. And dollar cost averaging is a good strategy for investing in mutual funds, but you have to keep in mind it's also not perfect. With a market that is on a continual rise, dollar cost averaging will not be as effective. And for this reason, dollar cost averaging is really best for a mutual fund that has a long time horizon. Number eight on the list of considerations for mutual funds is do not buy based on star ratings alone. Now, if you ever looked at the specific rundown on a mutual fund, some companies will, companies, let's say, such as Morningstar, they offer mutual funds reports that give them a star rating. And a fund that has a five-star rating, you need to keep in mind, does not necessarily make it a good one. Star ratings are based on past performance. The problem with this is that the economy changes. There are a lot of good funds with just three-star ratings. If you use a star rating to judge how good a mutual fund will do, this should not be the only indicator. You also need to look at those other things. The, the turnover rate and expenses should also be taken into account as well as past performance. Personally, I wouldn't pay too much attention to a star rating and look more at the other variables that can make up a good mutual fund. The big thing to keep in mind here, as I first pointed out, is Star ratings, they're, they're based on past performance and you never know what's going to be in the future. Just because something did good once doesn't mean it's necessarily going to do good in the future. Number nine on the list is something that's 
often overlooked when it comes to considering mutual funds, and that's look for an experienced manager that's managing the mutual fund. When choosing a mutual fund, an experienced fund manager that has been managing that particular fund for some time is typically a good sign. Within the financial industry, I can tell you, working in it for many years, if you're not performing, you're not going to last very long. So a fund manager that's been consistent on delivering positive results is going to have some longevity. This shows that either they know what they are doing or they've been lucky doing it. Either way, an experienced fund manager is is good to have. Sometimes it can be easy to identify if a fund manager has had longevity and will do a good job. This can be done by just looking at a mutual fund report. However, sometimes there might be a fund manager that does not appear to have been at the job very long. And this can be much more common, especially today, when you look at some different mutual funds. If the fund looks promising and the fund manager hasn't been with that fund for very long, dig a little deeper in its history. Often, a new fund manager may have been under a very experienced one for some time. They, they are likely to have been mentored by someone very experienced having a successful track record. A new fund manager that has a history of this might be a good choice. So with some mutual funds, you'll, you'll see a name, but then if you dig deeper, you'll see other names. And the person that's listed as new could have been with the fund for a long time, and the main guy might have retired, let's say. So it does happen. Number 10 on the list for mutual fund considerations is the performance. And past performance, as I mentioned, it's not always an indication of the future. But a mutual fund that has a good performance history has a much better chance of possibly doing well. Look for ones that have a history of at minimum 10 years. If you find one that does not have 10 years of performance, then the fund has not been around that long. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad, but one that has a bigger track record for performance is good to see because there's usually many ups and downs within that period and you can see how that particular fund performed. Performance over a short time is typically not a a good indicator of how well a mutual fund might do. The performance of the mutual fund should be, when you look at it, should be beating similar ones that are in the same category. Also, look to see if the fund is consistently beating a comparable index. If it is coming up short year after year and the expenses are higher, than just investing in an index fund, it's probably not a good choice for an investment. And there you have my 10 considerations for choosing a mutual fund. Selecting mutual funds for investing, it's not something that has to be complicated. There are thousands to choose from, with some being better than others. And taking the time to learn about them can help with making an informed decision. This list on this podcast should not be all comprehensive on how to choose a mutual fund. It It's really only intended to provide some general best practices when looking at them. Whether you hire a professional financial advisor or decide to invest on your own, it is important to have some good general knowledge on investing in mutual funds. This will help with understanding if a financial professional is offering you the best investment for your goals and the possibility for a good return. 
compared to other investments, mutual funds, they can be a good choice for reaching financial goals, such as saving for retirement or a college education. If you're not familiar with mutual fund investing, take the time to learn as much as you can about the basics at a minimum. Chances are you will need to make some of your own investment choices at some point, or at least have an idea of what is being offered to you, whether it's good or not. Thanks for listening to the Smart Start Money podcast. I'm curious to know what things you might consider when choosing a mutual fund. If you have questions or comments about this podcast, you can email them directly to me at eric at smartstartmoney.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. You can also visit the website at smartstartmoney.com. On the next podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about whole life insurance and particularly indexed universal life. You've probably heard that whole life insurance is not a good choice for the cost, and this is true for most people, but is it right for anyone? Most financial experts throw a blanket statement over whole life insurance as being terrible. I'm going to be explaining why it generally is a bad choice, but also who just might benefit.